I can't even really explain it. I mean, to be clear, it's not that I obsessively listen to John Denver albums over and over on a loop, but I just hear that, just that little bit of Starwood and Aspen, and I start to cry. It's a long way from LA to Denver. It's always been like that since I was a kid. Mind you, I did spend my childhood in Colorado, but even as an adult living in New York City, the one time I ran a 10K race, I sort of randomly put John Denver's greatest hits on my iPod, and I actually had to slow down a couple of times on the route to stop myself from that heave-sobbing that happens. You know that heave-sobbing? You, like, have to stop what you're doing and get it together. So why the whispering? Why the secret? Well, I mean, would you tell people you love John Denver? There's a stigma. You've heard the jokes. Here's one from Monty Python. And now the sound of John Denver being strangled. (laughs) Thank you. Here's a little parody from the Upright Citizens Brigade. Everybody, let's welcome Lewis, the newest member of the John Denver fan club. Welcome, Lewis. Thanks. It's great to be here. It's been really hard on me ever since he died. His music meant so much to me. Well... We deal with the loss by singing some of our favorite songs for each other. So join in when you feel like it. Great. But I mean, I love him. I can't help it. Come on, just listen to this. That doesn't do something to you? A couple of months ago, I found out I had an opportunity to speak with someone who actually makes his living playing John Denver's music. I did a little Googling, found out this guy actually knew and performed with John Denver. He's kind of like the real deal. My heart welled, and my whole body lit up with excitement. I had to go meet him. I could not believe how nervous I was. It almost felt like I was meeting John Denver himself. His name is Jim Salestrom. James Kevin Salestrom, and I was born uh, February 20th, 1956, and um, I was born in Omaha. I met Jim early in the morning at his lovely little mountain home in Big Sky, Montana. When I walked in, the whole place smelled like bacon. Is there a better smell to accompany a conversation about John Denver than bacon? And maybe some cakes on the griddle? In the background, you'll hear Jim's wife Jill getting her breakfast. It could not have been more perfect. I would love to hear this story leading up to what I believe is June 21st, 1972. Oh, yeah. In the, my hometown in Kearney, Nebraska, there was a big sound company called Stanel Sound. And they knew how much I loved John Denver. I got into him because he played the 12-string. I was playing the 12-string. And I loved his voice because he sang so high, and I could sing just like him. They asked me if I'd like to go out and do the monitors for John Denver the first time he played the Red Rocks. I was setting up mic stands. I was, like, screwing the basses into the the stands. And a guy tapped me on the shoulder. He said, can I help you? And I said, no. These are John Denver's mic stands. I've got this job. I can handle this. This is my job. And I turned around. It was John Denver. And so I ended up being like, you know, his gopher. 
I carried his guitars out for him. I took water out for him. I took tennis balls out for him because he used to juggle in his act. And the sound check that day, he, he played Rocky Mountain High for the very first time. He was born in the summer of his 27th year Coming home to a place he'd never been before Then he played it that night, and it was before they had a roof on the stage. And so a full moon, I swear, one of the biggest full moons I've ever seen in my life, came up behind the stage. Over, over Denver, and I just knew that this was like something really, really special. You know what? That's how I felt at Jim's kitchen table that morning. This is something really special. Jim went on to talk about how he went from that night to playing with John multiple times through the years. And yes, I'm calling him John now. He talked about how John always treated him like a brother, how he was kind to everyone, how funny he was. I mean, have you seen him on The Muppets? And then we got to the stigma. Rolling Stone magazine hated John Denver. I mean, they just thought he was just a joke. I asked Jim whether John knew about the stigma. I'm sure he knew a little bit about his, uh, you know, where he stood in the world. And I don't think he really cared either. I think because he became so successful. Then I asked Jim what he thought at the time. This was somebody that I really believed in. Because where everybody else at that time was really like protesting the establishment and the war, the war was a terrible thing that everybody went through. John Denver was doing music that was so positive and just so uplifting. You know, it suggested that it's not all doom and gloom. Huh. Might John Denver even be thought of as countercultural? Yeah, okay. Maybe that's taking things a little too far. We also talked about the harder years for John Denver, how he became more reclusive over the years, and how no one really knew him. Jim and John had their own rough patch, and I asked Jim if he would talk about it. He said no, and that they had worked it out. It would be kind of uh, not fair, you know, to uh, because he, he's not here. We talked about John's death crashing his airplane, and how even though there was some speculation at the time that John might have ended his own life, Jim said no one who was close to him thought that was the case. Almost heaven, West Virginia. So here I am sitting with this man who has no issue with his love for John Denver and his music. Jim really is the real deal as a musician in his own right. He had a successful band of his own. He played and traveled for years in Dolly Parton's band. He has recorded and performed with many other notable artists such as Kenny Rogers and Emmylou Harris. He's made multiple late-night television appearances. He sings the opening song to the movie Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. He has sung at every kind of pro sports game. He's performed for more than one president. And to me, the ultimate. In 2007, when the state of Colorado voted to make Rocky Mountain High an official state song, they had a ceremony. They asked Jim Salstrom to represent John Denver and perform. 
And still, he talks about how lucky he is, getting to go all over the world and play songs like Country Roads that even as far as China people know and sing along. By the way, this is Jim playing Country Roads for me on his 12-string guitar. West Virginia, my mama, take me home. I honestly can't think of anyone better to carry John Denver's music forward. When I ask him about that and why he keeps coming back to it, he simply says, I think I owe it to him as, as a friend. And, uh, and I also believe in the music. You know, I, I, think, I think those songs are, are, uh, are really cool. So here's where our conversation turns sentimental. It's a very John Denver moment. Jim, there's so much generosity in what you do. I'll get a little emotional, but I think it's not only extraordinary that you do play your own stuff and you're an incredible musician yourself and yet that you carry the the music of wow that's nice of you to say (laughs) if you could talk to him now I do (laughs) yeah tell me about that well I think there's you know I believe that there's angels and I think that people um, are watching out for us I believe that, too. So, here's to John. And here's to Jim. And here's to loving who you love and what you love and just being okay with it. Psst. Can I tell you another secret? I love Norman Rockwell. Let me know if you know anyone I can talk to. From the Transom Traveling Workshop in Big Sky, Montana, almost heaven, I'm Sarah Bentley.